Today, I'm here actually to pose you a question: What is life? It has been really puzzled me for more than 25 years, and probably will continue in doing so for the next 25 years. This is the thesis I did when I'm still in undergraduate school. When people, well, my colleagues, my classmates, still treat computer as big calculator, I start to teach computer to learn. I built a digital native Beatles, and try to learn from real native Beatles, just to do one thing: search food. And after a very simple neural network, genetic algorithms, and so on, look at the pattern. It almost identical as the real life. A very striking learning experience for a 20-year boy. Life is a learning program. When you look at all those wonderful words, every species has its own learning program. The learning program is genome, and the code of that program is DNA. The different genome of each species represent different survival strategy. It represents hundreds of millions years of evolution. The interaction between every species' ancestor. And the environment. I was really fascinated about the world, about the DNA, about you know language of the life, the program of learning. So I decided to co-found the institute to read them. I read many of them. Probably we read more than half of the plant animal genomes in the world. I mean, up to date. We did learn a lot. We did sequence also one species many, many times, human genome. We sequenced the first Asian. I sequenced myself many, many times just to take advantage of that platform. Look at all those three-bidding base pairs, A, T, C, G. You don't understand anything there, but look at that one base pair. Those five letters, the A, G, G, A, A. These five slips represent a very specific haplotype in Tibetan population. Around the gene called EPAS1, that gene has been proved. It's highly selected. It's the most significant signature of positive selection of Tibetans for the high attitude adaptation. You know what? These five SNPs was from a result of integration of Denisovan or Denisovan-like individuals into humans. This is the reason why we need to read those genomes to understand the history, to understand what kind of Process, learning process, the genome has been through for the millions of years. By reading a genome, can give you a lot of information. Tells you the bugs in the genome. I mean, birth defects, you know, monogenic disorders there. By reading a drop of blood, could tell you why you got a fever, or tells you which medicine or dosage needs to be used when you are sick, especially on cancer. A lot of things could be studied, but look at that. 30 years ago. When we were still poor in China, only 0.67 percent of Chinese adult population are type diabetic. Look at now, 11 percent. Genetics cannot change over 30 years. Only one generation. It must be something different: diets, environment, lifestyle. Even identical twins could develop totally differently. It could be one become very obese, another is not. 
One developed cancer, another is not. Not mentioning living in a very stressed environment. I moved to Shenzhen ten years ago, for some reason, people may know. If the genes under stress, it behaves totally differently. Life is a journey, and gene is just a starting point, not the end. You have this static risk of certain disease when you were born, but every day you make different choices, and those choices will increase or decrease the risk of certain disease. But do you know where are you on the curve? What's the past curve look like? What kind of decision you're facing every day, and what kind of decision is the right one to make your own right curve over your life journey? What's that? The only thing you cannot change, you cannot reverse reverse back, is time. Probably not yet. Maybe in the future. Well, you cannot change your decision you've made, but can we do something there? Can we actually? Try to run a multiple options on me and try to predict right on the consequence and be able to make the right choice. After all, we are our choices. This Lady Beatles came to me afterwards. 25 years ago, I made a Lady Beatles, a digital Lady Beatles, try to simulate that real Lady Beatles. Can I make a digital me to simulate me? I understand the neural network could become. You know, much more sophisticated and complicated. There, can I make that one and try to run multiple options on that digital me to compute that? Then I could live in different universes in parallel at the same time. Then I would choose whatever is good for me. I probably have the most comprehensive digital me in the planet. I spend a lot of dollars on me, on myself. And the digital me told me. I have genetic risk of gout. By all those things, there, you need different technology to do that. You need the proteins, genes. You need, you know, metabolize antibodies. You need to, to screen all your body about the bacteria and virus covered on you or in you. You need to, you know, have all these smart devices there. You know, smart car, smart house, smart,、uh, you know, table, smart watch, smart phone to track all your activities there. Environment is important. Everything is important. And don't forget the smart toilet. It's such a waste, right? Every day, so much invaluable information just has been flushed into the water, and you need them. You need to measure all of them. You need to be able to measure everything around you and compute them. And the digital me told me, I'm genetic defect. I have a very high risk of gout, which I don't feel anything now. I'm still healthy, but look at my uric acid level; it's double than the normal range. And the digital me search against all the medicine book, and they tell me, okay, you could drink a burdock tea. I cannot even pronounce it right. <laughs> That is from a Chinese old wisdom, and I drink that tea for three months. My uric acid level back to normal. I mean, it worked for me. Those thousands of years' wisdoms worked for me. I was lucky, but I'm probably not lucky for you. All this existing knowledge in the world cannot be possibly efficient enough or personalized enough for yourself. The only way to make that digital me work is to learn from yourself.
you have to ask a lot of questions about yourself. What if? I'm being jetlag now here. You don't probably see it, but I do. I'm, you know, what if I eat less? What if I take metformin? We're supposedly to be live longer. What if I climb Mount Everest? Not that easy. Or run a marathon? What if I drink a, a bottle of Mao Tai, which is a Chinese liquor, and I get really drunk? I, I, I was doing a video rehearsal last time with the frogs here、uh, when I was drunk, and I totally delivered a different speech. <laughs> What if I、um, work less? Right, it has been、uh, less stressed. Right, so、uh, it probably never happened to me. I was really stressed every day, but、um, but I hope I could be less stressed. An easier study told us, even with the same blunder. Have totally different glucose level reaction over different individuals. How about me? What is the right breakfast for me? I need to do two weeks controlled experiment of testing all kinds of different food ingredients on me and check my body reaction. And I will know the precision nutrition for me, for myself. There, I want to search all the Chinese old wisdoms about how can I. Live longer and healthier. I did it. Some of them are really unachievable. I did this once last October by not eating for seven days. I did the fasting for seven days with six partners of mine. Look at those people. One smile. You know why he smiled? He cheated. <laughs> he drank one cup of coffee at night. We caught it from the data. We measured everything from the data. We'd be able to track them, and we could really see. For example, my immune system. Just to give you a little hint there, my immune system changed dramatically over the 24 hours there, and my antibody regulate my proteins for that dramatic change. And everybody doing that, even we, essentially totally different at the very beginning, and that probably will be an interesting treatment in the future for the cancer and things like that. It becomes very, very interesting. But something you probably don't want to try, like drinking fecal water from a healthier individual, which will make you feel healthier. This is from the old Chinese wisdom. Look at that, right? Like 1,700 years ago, it's already there on the book. But I still hate the smell. <laughs> um, I want to find a detour way to do it. Maybe find a combination of cocktails of bacteria and drink it. Probably will make me better. So I'm trying to do that. Even I'm trying this hard, it's so difficult to test out all possible conditions. I, it's not possible to do all kinds of environment experiment at all. But we do have seven billion learning program in this planet. Seven billion, and every program is running at different conditions and doing different experiments. Can we all measure them? Seven years ago, I wrote an editorial, well, essay in Science to celebrate the human genome, you know, 10 years anniversary. I said, sequence yourself for one and for all. But now I'm going to say, digitalize yourself for one and for all. When we make this digital me to digital we, when we try to form an internet of life, when people can learn from each other. When people can learn from their experience, their data, when people can really form a digital me by themselves, and we learn from it, the digital we will be totally different 
with the digital me, but it could only come from the digital me. And this is what I try to propose here: join me, become we, and everybody should build their own digital me, because only by that you will learn more about you, about me, about us, about. The question I just posed at the very beginning: What is life? Thank you. Thank you. One quick,、uh, quick question for you.、Um, I mean, the work is amazing.、Um, I, I suspect one question people have is: As you, as we look forward to the, these amazing technical possibilities of personalized medicine, in the near term, it feels like they're only going to be affordable for. A few people, right? It costs many dollars to do all the sequencing and so forth. Is this going to lead to a kind of,、um, you know, increasing inequality, or is is that is do you have this vision that the knowledge that you get from the pioneers can actually be pretty quickly disseminated to help a broader or a broader set of recipients? Well,、uh, good question. Well, I'll tell you that seventeen、um, years ago, I co-founded BGI and I served as CEO position at the、uh, company there. Uh, the only goal there for me to do is to drive the sequencing cost down. I started from $100 million per human genome. Now it's a couple hundred dollars per human genome. The only reason to do it is to get more people benefit from it. So for the digital me, it's the same thing. Now you probably need, you know, whatever million dollars to digital person. I think it has to be $100. It has to be free for many of those people that you know urgently need that. So this is our goal. And this is and this thing that with all this merging the technology, I think in the very near future, let's say three to five years, you will come to reality. And this is the whole idea why I founded my you know the iCoupleX, my second company, is really trying to sort of get the cost down to a level every individual could have the benefit. All right. So the, the dream is not elite health services for a few. It's it's to really. Try and actually make overall healthcare much, much more cost-effective because of all these preventative things. Absolutely, but but we started from some early adapters for yeah, sure. Yeah. People believing the ideas and so on, but eventually it will become everybody's、um, benefit. Well, June, I think it's it's got to be true to say you're one of the most amazing scientific minds on the planet. It's an honour to have you、Thank、here you. with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.